Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's Odds and End Zones, a podcast feature of MileHighReport.com. From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time to sweat it out. Here are your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. We have an adult in the room now, Ian. Uh, Sean Payton introduced as the Denver Broncos head coach and... uh, it felt it felt good. It felt like there was somebody who knew what he was doing, somebody who took his job seriously, and I'm I'm really ready for what he's about to bring to the table. And uh, I'm going to throw you for a loop here. We didn't talk about this before we started recording. It literally just popped into my head as I was doing the introduction. I liked that one of the reports that came out of all of that was the fact that Sean Payton said no personal coaches, no personal people in the building. This is this isn't going to fly. I think that's huge. It it shows that he's taking control of this franchise, control of the players. He's not going to let any individual player, including Russell Wilson, run the show. It's his show. He's the guy. And everybody knows he's the guy. He's got the he's got the salary to prove it. He he doesn't get paid that much less than Russell Wilson does. So, uh, I did really like that particular aspect of it saying, you know, this we're not doing the personal coaches thing. And it just felt good to have an adult in the room. I think that's the big thing. Like if you go back to all the times where John Elway would introduce his new quarterback and say their name wrong, good old case Keatham, or you would have Vic Fangio coming out with the death by inches or just Nathaniel Hackett, just being creepy. It never felt like it did with Sean Payton. 
and I'm not talking about winning press conferences. I'm not talking about any of that BS. I'm talking about just what he gave off. He gave off the confidence. He gave off that he controlled the room, which he did. I watched the news conference. He controlled the room even more so than Greg Penner did. And that speaks to Sean Payton, because as we said last week, he's one of the most successful coaches in NFL history. If he's not the best coach in the NFL right now, he is one of them because he's done it. And he knows what it takes to be successful. There was a story from Jay Glazer where he was talking about when he was, when they were playing the Minnesota Vikings in the divisional playoffs. And he said, Jay Glazer said that Sean Payton brought up a play that the Vikings had run four years earlier with Kyle Rudolph. And Glazer's like, how the hell do you remember that? Like it it was four years ago. What does that have to do with this game? He's like, just watch. He has that desire that he just, he has that thing about him where he wants to be successful. Like it just controls you and you do whatever it takes. And I think that's what this team has lacked and what it needs. It's what we've been talking about for seven years. That's how you change the culture where you walk in, you know what he's going to demand because he demands it from himself. Yeah. You, you, you know, your, your point of, uh, somebody who knows what he's doing. I, I really think that's the the key here with this hire. And and I am, uh, you know, I am trying not to get excited. That's the, that's the whole point. My my whole point of view of everything is until until games start being won, I'm not going to necessarily get excited. But there are little things that you see where you can you can start to to pull the differences, right? And you talked about the little sayings, right? With with Vance Joseph, it was uh, leader of men. And the, you know, the whole, we had a good practice this week kind of stuff like that. Those kinds of cliched, they become, they become a, a, a comic sort of strip of, of ridiculousness. And, and the exuberance and enthusiasm that we loved about Nathaniel Hackett at first really turned out to be sort of an overcompensation for a lack of understanding of how difficult this job is. Uh, you know, Vic Fangio, you, like you mentioned, the death by inches, Sean Payton doesn't have to do any convincing to anybody of what he is as a coach there, he doesn't need little sayings. And that's, I, I really think that's a, an interesting aspect to this hire is that you went and got a guy that doesn't feel like he might not belong. A first time coach is always going to feel like I might not belong here. I might not have, and maybe they're supremely confident and they believe in their abilities, but there's always going to be that thing in the back of their mind of, I've got to prove I belong here. And so I got to say these, you know, fancy things. And it's like, you know, we're in a movie or something. And the, and the coach has to say this inspirational Al Pacino, any given Sunday BS. And you don't have to do that. And Sean Payton knows he doesn't have to do that. He knows anytime he walks into a a football room, he's probably got, if not the highest, one of the highest football IQs. And it's pretty close. If he's not the highest, He's been successful in the league. He's built winners. He's built up quarterbacks. He took a broken down Drew Brees and turned him into a Hall of Fame quarterback. So you know, moving forward, that at least there is the confidence of, like I said, the adult in the room 
who knows what he's doing, who has the ability to look at a situation and evaluate the correct moves moving forward. Whether that turns into wins in the regular season, is that remains to be seen. But if you were going to put money on whether or not that was going to happen, you'd probably be more likely to throw money down on the Broncos turning things around and becoming a winning franchise in his first year with the team than the continuing losses that we saw under Nathaniel Hackett. That doesn't mean it couldn't happen. You never know what's going to happen with injuries. You never know what's going to happen with whether or not guys buy in. And I guarantee that no personal coaches in the building kind of thing may have rubbed some players the wrong way. But I think that we have been able to come out and say, and I believe this with my whole heart, if you're not going to buy into what Sean Payton is bringing to the table as a player, enjoy yourself in your next in your on your next team as as you know just ha- have a good time in your senior year right i just like kind of like you ain't gonna be here for much longer so enjoy it because you're gonna go play somewhere else because sean payton sean payton doesn't need you he doesn't need to convince somebody like a draymond jones that hey i'm a good coach and you should be happy i'm here you don't want to be here don't be here bye-bye we'll figure it out i'm sean payton i've done it before i could do it again that kind of confidence i like Again, it may not work out. It may, this could all blow up in our faces, but I wouldn't bet on that. I wouldn't put any money on this blowing up in our, in Broncos country's face. I think it's going to be something akin to a really fun battle between Sean Payton and Andy Reid and the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. Think about that for a second. We haven't even talked about that. Andy Reid is one of the most successful coaches in the NFL today. He's built an incredible team in Kansas City. I hate to say it. It makes me want to vomit. We'll talk about them in the Super Bowl later. But now Sean Payton has a target. Sean Payton has a rival that he has to go after. And he gets to prove, if he can, that he's capable of going up against what Andy Reid has created and beating that. That is something to get excited about. That is something to uh, see and go, oh, this could this could turn into a really fun competition for the next, I don't know how many years. It could. We might be witnessing the birth of a really fun rivalry between the Broncos and the Chiefs. And I trust Sean Payton to put this team in a position to win more often than not. So I, I, I'm not excited. You may think I sound excited because I probably do, but I'm not excited yet. I'm holding back on that. All you have to do is look at last season. Look at how many games the Broncos were in and lost because of incompetent coaching. I don't have the number in front of me, and I'm not going to look for it, but it was over five. I think it was close to eight. One-score games where if the coaching, the game management, any of it was better, the Broncos win those games. You're going to tell me that Sean Payton isn't going to win more than five of those games? Let's say it's eight. You're going to tell me the Broncos don't win at least five of those games with Sean Payton? You win five of those games, you're a 10-win football team, and you're in the playoffs. Here's the other aspect to look at. Sean Payton's first year in New Orleans, 2006. He was coming off Katrina. They didn't play first in New Orleans. Super the Super wasn't ready. They had to play it on the road. Sean Payton took that team to the NFC Championship game. Lost to the Chicago Bears in his first season. 
You're going to tell me that he can't come into this environment with this organization? There's no Katrina. There's no huge outside stuff of a hurricane completely devastating the city. He's going to come in here and completely flip the script. I get it. People don't want to be excited. It's been seven years of BS. It's been seven years of Joe Ellis completely ruining the Denver Broncos. Joe Ellis is gone. Hopefully forever. Hopefully to never be talked about or looked upon ever again. Sean Payton is going to come in here and completely flip the script. I, I mean, that's what we're that's what we're looking for. It's what we hope for. It's what we believe is going to happen. Uh, and and it, and it is. It's we are we're feeling pretty good now. We don't we don't know anything about the coaching staff hires. Obviously, it's, it's been sort of you know th- reported that this guy here or that guy there has been in conversations with so and so and this that and the other. Uh, until we know anything about what he's going to do as far as building a coaching staff and, and putting together his you know what he's trying to do that that stuff was all going to play out and honestly you can kind of just sit there and go yeah i just i believe this will work right it's just that that sort of i don't need to know who he's hiring i don't need to know what's going on because it's just going to work and it's not he's clearly not just like oh i'm going to just hire my buddies he doesn't believe in that so i'm cool with that he he does have a certain affinity for certain guys from uh, New Orleans, obviously you spend that much time with one franchise, you're going to develop relationships, but that doesn't mean he's not just looking to hire the right people. I know we talked about Vic Fangio. We talked about, you know, Mike, you know, Mike Munchak. We talked about, we talked about people who would be neat hires or whatever. At this point, whoever he hires, I'm going to be fine with as long as, as long as he's, you know, making those decisions, whoever he brings in, I'm, I'm probably going to be fine with that. So, when it happens, it happens. I don't necessarily need to, you know, rehash or go over any of those names because, quite frankly, he'll he'll figure it out for us, and we don't have to worry about it. I will say the name to keep an eye on now that Brian Flores is going to the Vikings as a defensive coordinator, and Vic Fangio is going to the Dolphins. It's always weird to do a show, and then the day your show comes out, news comes of said person talked about on day prior podcast gets news of hiring somewhere else, which is what happened with Vic Fangio last week. But the name to keep an eye on for Broncos, for the Broncos defensive coordinator is Sean Desai, who has worked with Vic Fangio in Chicago. Vic Fangio gave his ringing endorsement to Sean Payton to hire Desai, who is currently with the Seattle Seahawks. So that's the name to keep an eye on. Payton interviewed him on Tuesday. No word on anything of that yet. So, but that would be the name to watch. Yeah, and and beyond that, I don't know that there's really much more we can we can actually say. Uh, let's let's. I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to I want to get a little ranty if we can. We haven't uh, we haven't had any real big rants recently, but we're gonna. I think we're gonna have some fun here uh, with this because it is quite comical. The um, that's not big news, right? It's not big news that's out there, but it, it for Broncos country, I think it does seem to be worth talking about. And it has to do with a former running back who has apparently a lot to say. He's very chirpy right now. And as, as well, I guess he could be because he used to be a running back for the Denver Broncos, and now he has a shot at winning a Super Bowl uh, as a practice squad running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
and that is one Melvin Gordon. And the interviews that have been done with him at the Super Bowl media day uh, have been somewhat, uh, do we call it sniping? Do we say he's been uh, taking shots at the Denver Broncos? And the one that really caught my eye, and I tweeted about it, uh, was the fact that he mentioned that he didn't really get a shot in Denver this season. That this season he didn't get an opportunity uh, to really uh, become the starter. And to that, I, I say CTE is real. I, I mean, what are we doing here? Because quite frankly, and let's just, let's just think about this for a minute. Javante Williams blows out his knee after what four weeks? Is that am I right about that? Yeah, Which, in a game where. Melvin Gordon had the key fumble that lost the game for his team. So that's always fun. And from that point forward until they finally, you know, cut, cut bait and ran, he was the number one back. He was the starter. There was the, the one incident where he didn't was the, what game where he got no snaps or he got one play or whatever. That was odd and whatever. But to, to say in earnest without, without any sense of, of, self or what actually happened in the world that you weren't given an opportunity in Denver is insane to me. And quite frankly, you fumbled more often in the worst situations while you were in Denver that led to awful things. Think about the Teddy Bridgewater where we all got so mad at Teddy Bridgewater for not trying to tackle somebody when they played the Eagles two years ago, who was the guy who fumbled It was Melvin Gordon. So the last game of the year, two years ago, against the Chiefs, having who, a chance to go in for a probably a game-winning touchdown. Who fumbled? Melvin Gordon. Who fumbled on the one-yard line against Seattle in the whole in the opening game? Javante Williams did as well, but who else fumbled? Melvin Gordon. That Melvin points Gordon. points off the board. Literally points off the board for this franchise. At a time when points were, quite frankly, the most precious thing in the world because we weren't scoring any points. And you're going to say with a straight face to media members from Denver that you felt like you weren't given a chance and that you were unhappy when you signed because you knew you weren't going to get an opportunity and you told your mom you weren't going to finish the year in Denver. How about hang on to the football? Then you don't have to worry about it. How about don't fumble away all of the opportunities that you were handed? You're the goal line back. You're the guy who's supposed to score. And there are stats out there. He's the most successful running back at the goal line, blah, blah. BS. Don't care. Don't tell me while you're getting ready to potentially have a team play in a Super Bowl for you because you're going to get a ring if they win, even though you're not doing anything. And and you're going to tell me as a fan that the team I love didn't give you an opportunity. I watched you. I watched you fumble. I watched you miss out on opportunities. I watched you make the mistakes that caused you to get cut from an offensive team that was terrible. And you didn't get an opportunity? Get out of here. It reminds me of what's trying to happen with New York media when they hired Nathaniel Hackett. And they're trying to convince Jets fans that what happened in Denver wasn't Nathaniel Hackett's fault. Like all the issues of game management, of clock management, 
of coaches thinking or, or players thinking the coaches are incompetent and not knowing what's going on was not Nathaniel Hackett's fault. That is some next level absurdity. This is some next level absurdity. It's like people think we're dumb. Like we watched enough of Melvin Gordon. He knows when he came into the game, people were booing him. You're not going to be able to rewrite this history, Melvin. You fumbled every opportunity you got when you were in Denver and you lost it. If you want to point the blame at anybody, point it at yourself. Have some ability to look in the mirror and say, yeah, it was my fault. That'd probably go a long way at winning people over in your new locker room who aren't going to buy it. That right there, they're not going to buy it. People know. People who watch the game, people who play the game, people who coach the game, they know what you did. They know how you played. They know you put the ball on the ground. And I, I love when we talked about this before we recorded, you said uh, if he's on the practice squad, what are they doing? Letting him run plays and then telling their running backs, don't do it like that because that, I think that's hilarious. See how he fumbled? Don't do that. We brought him in to show us how to not fumble. He fumbles. Don't carry the ball like he does. I, it, it blows me away when somebody is so – unaware of themselves that they're willing to say something that ridiculous. Like all you really had to do was say, yeah, it was a tough year in Denver and we just, we just never made it work. And you know, I'm getting an opportunity here for something big and I, I'm really appreciative of that. That's what you should have said because that would have or made say, you. I'm not looking back. Yeah. I'm looking forward. Yeah. You know what, what happened in Denver happened in Denver and I'm moving on. That, that's what you should have said. And you I'm wanna, here so I don't get fined. Yeah, you want to have sour grapes and 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 think that it was everybody else's fault but your own when the tape says otherwise. It's like my son does this thing. Not to throw him under the bus, but I'm going to. He does this thing where I'll, I'll tell him something and he'll either not do what I tell him to do or he won't follow through with it or whatever. And then I'll say, hey, did you do this? Like I'll say, empty the dishwasher, right, for example. And he'll say, okay. And then he won't empty the dishwasher. And I go, hey, you didn't empty the dishwasher. And he'll go, you never told me to empty the dishwasher. What do you mean I never told I did. We had a whole conversation about it. It happened. It happened, Melvin. It happened. You didn't do your job. And now you have to suffer the consequences of that. Somehow, the consequences for Melvin Gordon are he gets a shot at a Super Bowl ring that he doesn't even deserve. I, that That right there is, I think, the thing that has me the most fired up about it. Like, really, you get to, you get to maybe get a ring because you fumbled your way out of Denver. Did he play? Is he, maybe he's a maniacal evil genius who figured it out and knew that this was his only chance. And so he, like, he was like, Oh, I fumbled. And then that way he, they, we, the Broncos cut him and he ended up in Kansas city. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe we're, we're not giving him enough credit for being an evil genius. That. Genius and Melvin Gordon do not deserve to be in the same sentence. Yeah, he's more of a and I'm not. Schmertz. I'm not going to be one of those fans who thanks him for his time in Denver. No, because he did nothing. He did nothing to help this team win. He may have scored a few meaningless touchdowns, but he also fumbled more often than not. No, yeah. thank you. Be yeah. gone. Win your Super Bowls a practice practice squad, squad player. Yep. So as you said, so Andy Reid. So Andy Reid can say, this is how not to do it. Don't do what Melvin Gordon did because Miles Sanders isn't going to fumble. Oh, Thanks, Melvin. Right, careful with your Super Bowl preview stuff there. I don't want to jinx anybody. But I, you know what? Let's 
let's jump again. Let's go. Let's we we're talking about the Super Bowl, so let's get into it. We got we got the Super Bowl coming. Go up. birds! Go birds! Fly Eagles! Fly! I know it's it. I don't like rooting for Philadelphia either. Like, let's to be fair, but this is a lot better than rooting for Kansas City. I will say this: it's the second time that the Eagles have made it to a Super Bowl where they were absolutely the team I was rooting for. They beat the Patriots, so uh, you know here's hoping they can can you know come through for Broncos country again and beat another rival of the Denver Broncos and and take out the Chiefs. But it is an interesting game moving forward because. The, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to show up with what I like to consider to be experience. This is a team that has been there before. They have a, they've won a Super Bowl. They've lost a Super Bowl. They are um, they are capable of using that experience to their uh, to their benefit and and grabbing a, a victory here. But they are going up against a team that seems to be built to beat them. It seems to be designed specifically to take this team out. The difference is the experience on the Eagles isn't there, even though they won a Super Bowl in the last, what is it? Six years now. So they do have a Super Bowl win, uh, but Nick Foles was their quarterback, not Jalen hurts. And this is Jalen hurts first time uh, in the big game. And as, as Steve Atwater has told us on the program before, uh, you know, it's the team that realizes it's a game, just a regular game first. That's going to be successful, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, a, a pretty basic understanding of it, but that is true. How quickly can Jalen Hurts and that offense figure out this is just a football game and we just need to do what we need to do? Or will it be the experience of the Chiefs that kind of gives them that head start? I, I don't know. I, I We have a difference of opinion here on this. I think it's going to be closer than you do. Um, but I, I, do think, I do think that the Chiefs are going to struggle with the Eagles' offense. There's a lot of weapons, and Jalen Hurts – has had an incredible season. I I said this on other podcasts. The key to the game, the key to the game, is the interior pass rush of the Philadelphia Eagles. That Kansas City Chiefs offensive line is not going to be able to block those guys in the middle. And as we have said numerous times, interior pass rush is how you beat Patrick Mahomes. It's how you beat any excellent quarterback it's how you it's how you used to beat Dan Marino it's how you used to beat John Elway it's how the Broncos beat Tom Brady in the 2015 AFC championship game it wasn't necessarily Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware oh DeMarcus Ware on the edges it was it was Derek Wolf right it was Malik Jackson it was the guys in the interior who allowed that pressure and then allowed the guys on the outside to, to wreak havoc, which is what Hassan Riddick is going to do. So to me, that's the key to the game. And I just see no way that Chiefs offensive line is going to be able to stop those guys for the Eagles. Here's the other thing to consider. The Eagles have almost 80 sacks as a team. They have four guys with over 10. That's a lot of Patrick sacks. Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is not going to have time to do literally anything in this Super Bowl. He's already going to be out. McCole Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be far from healthy. Kadarius Toney is going to be far from healthy. Oh, and by the way, that Eagles secondary is one of the best in football. So I, I this game is not going to be close. Like, I, I get it. People don't want to 
jinx it. I don't believe in that. This Eagles team is loaded. And that Chiefs defense is not good. Yeah, they don't have the ability to stop Jalen Hurts, to stop Miles Sanders, to stop A.J. Brown, to stop Devontae Smith. They don't have it. And that offensive line for the Eagles is one of the best in football. You're not going against an offensive line like Cincinnati's that was down three starters. Yeah, that Eagles offensive line is legit. Chris Jones is is about the only thing that you're going to worry about if you're the Eagles. If it's just the one guy, it's just the one guy, and they can they can probably work that out. I I do lean towards, and this is the other thing that you have to think about. And I know Patrick Mahomes has the high ankle sprain. Is it a high ankle sprain? Is it an ankle sprain? I nobody really knows. He seemed to be pretty mobile, so my assumption is he's going to be healthy, and I, I believe that more than likely. The issue that the Eagles will run into is the same issue that most teams run into with the Chiefs, and that's Patrick Mahomes, when he does get outside the pocket, when he is uh, being chased, he is inventive, he is quick, he he does things that are, that are football IQ-wise higher than what you would expect from a lot of players. And we've talked at, in the past about how good he is at those things, and we've seen it. I mean, I think about the when they played the Broncos and he did the little basketball pass into the end zone that no one would have thought a quarterback would do that. He's He has no fear when it comes to little flips here and there, taking off and running, recognizing a guy streaking down the field. There are opportunities to be had when plays break down. I think that's where Kansas City finds its advantage in that the offense, once, once things break down, can actually... Uh, make things work because because Patrick Mahomes is so good. I think that the Eagles have that same advantage with Jalen Hurts and what they do, but maybe not to the same success or the same success rate that the Chiefs are able to do it. And I think that's where your battle falls. Your battle falls in which team is able to adjust to the adversity of things breaking down better. I think that makes this a closer game than you do. I'm not. I am. I am with you. I believe the Eagles are going to win this game. I believe that uh, the season that they've had has been phenomenal. They are a very good football team. I worry about experience. Does it overwhelm them? It's a big game. It's a, it's a huge. It's it's not the same as playing in a regular season game. There are bigger breaks. It takes longer to get through. Halftime is forever in a day. They've never experienced that. The Chiefs, on the other hand, have several players on that team that have experienced that. Will that experience give them an advantage? I, I think it will. I think it does give them an advantage, but I don't think it's a big enough advantage that the Chiefs will be able to pull out a victory because I think the Eagles will be able to adjust quick enough. And as you've said, that defense isn't good enough. They're not going to hold Jalen Hurts and the rest of that offense in check for the entire game. And so I think it ends up being closer. I, I, you know, the whole, everybody keeps talking about, would you hear what mama Kelsey said? I got mama Kelsey, give me, get out of here with that. But she hopes it's the highest scoring uh, football game in Super Bowl history. I think that makes for a fun Super Bowl. And I also think surprisingly, it ends up being an advantage for the Eagles, not the chiefs for this to be a high scoring game. The one counter to Patrick Mahomes creativity is interior pass rush. He's able to be creative when it's when it comes from the edge. When you have guys in your face, 
that limits your ability to be a playmaker, to be one of those guys who does things and dance around. That's because the guys coming up the middle are there before he's able to set his feet. Makes it And the biggest difference between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts is a runner. Jalen Hurts can rush for 100 yards. Patrick Mahomes cannot. And that's an element that the the Chiefs are not going to be able to defend because of the ability of Jalen Hurts to run the football. I just don't think this game is going to be close. I just don't think that Chiefs offensive line is going to be able to hold up against the Eagles. And you add in that secondary who doesn't have to cover as long because they're going to be in Patrick Mahomes' face hitting him consistently. They're not going to be able to have to hold up against those receivers because that's what the Chiefs do. They like the ability to have the scrambling where Kelsey just goes out and does a couple of dance moves and he's wide open. That's not going to happen against this defense because that secondary is really good, but also because they're not going to have to cover them that long because of the success of the pass rush of the Eagles. And that Eagles offense, I just... It's crazy. All right, I got one for you. We're we're supposed to talk about gambling a little bit. I don't think we need to get too far into lines and things like that, but I got a bet for you. Heads or tails? Oh, well, I'll go I'll go with a, a, a it's not really a bet, but the team that has lost or has won the coin toss has lost the game, I think some absorbing amount of time. So, I think the Chiefs will win the toss cuz they're the they're the road team. They'll win the toss and lose the game. Okay, I'll take so, that. But I, I, I think it's going to be tails. You're taking all right. I'll and then you, I think I'll tell you what. I'll take heads. You take tails. We'll we'll work out a bet later on and figure out who gets what. And then I think the Gatorade color is going to be yellow green. Ooh, is it yellow green? Is that the is that the official color? Yep. Okay. All right. So you've got tails because it never fails. You've got yellow green. You know what? I'm going to take orange. I'm going to take orange on that. Those are the two favorites. That's the consensus at most sports books. And I'm actually surprised the line isn't higher. You got to get people to bet. It's it's about enticing enticing the gambling. So also I'll take uh, I'll take Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown score. I think he, I think he gets into the end zone. First touchdown score, Miles Sanders. You heard it here first. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Priceline. 